Every Monday to Friday, this is Peter Lewis's Money Talk. Money Talk! Good morning and welcome to a brand new week. It's Monday the 14th of August. This is Peter Lewis with one of Hong Kong and Singapore's most listened to financial podcasts, Money Talk. And we're the original Money Talk here in Hong Kong. This podcast is sponsored by Surfing Group, which is headquartered in Singapore and offers online financial services to 30 million customers across 10 countries. In today's business and finance headlines, new lending by Chinese banks fell sharply in July to levels not seen since November 2009. China's banks extended 346 billion yuan, that's about 47.8 billion US dollars, in new yuan loans in July, well below analyst forecasts of 800 billion. And it was a sharp drop from 679 billion yuan a year earlier and 3.1 trillion yuan in June. The data adds to a series of bleak economic readings showing further evidence of a lacklustre economic recovery in China. U.S. wholesale inflation rose more than expected in July as prices for services jumped in a sign the Federal Reserve has more work to do to combat sticky inflation. Annual producer price inflation accelerated to 0.8% in July from 0.2% in the previous month. The reading was marginally above the median forecast of economists and on a monthly basis the producer price index, which is a leading indicator of consumer price inflation, increased 0.3% last month after a downwardly revised flat reading in June and that was the biggest rise since January. The Hong Kong government has revised down its economic growth forecast for this year after data released Friday confirmed GDP grew 1.5% in the April to June period from a year earlier. Growth slowed from a 2.9% rise in the previous quarter. And on a quarter-on-quarter basis, GDP contracted 1.3% and the economy is now expected to expand in a range of 4 to 5% in 2023, compared with a previous prediction of 3.5% to 5.5%, the Census and Statistics Department said Friday. On today's programme, I'm joined by Alex Wong, Director at Alex KY Wong Asset Management, and Le Char, Asia Chief Economist at BBVA. Providing a view from mainland China will be Shanghai-based independence economist Andy Share. And if you want to get in touch, please go to my website, peterlewismoneytalk.substack.com. The US stock slipped on Friday after producer price inflation came in above market expectations. The S&P 500 closed 0.1% lower at 4,464 and was down a third of a percent for the week. The tech-focused Nasdaq Composite fell 0.7% to 13,645. Over the five trading days, it lost almost 2%. The Dow was the only one of the three major indices to end the day and the week higher, thanks in part to rallies in Disney and Amgen shares. It climbed 105 points, or a third of a percent, to 35,281. And for the week, it was up 0.6%. NVIDIA was the big loser in the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, down 8.6% on the week. That's its biggest weekly loss since September 2022. The yield on the US 10-year Treasury note is approaching the nine-month high of 4.19%, touched on August the 3rd, as new economic data pushed back against previous hopes of disinflation in the US economy. The 10-year note added five basis points to 4.16%, and for the week, it was up 12 basis points. 
The US dollar index gained around a third of a percent to its highest level in five weeks. The yen briefly eclipsed the 145 figure Friday before settling 0.2% lower at 144.96 yen to the US dollar. The Chinese yuan fell 0.9% over the week in Shanghai to 7.2367 renminbi following weak inflation and trade reports. Oil prices rose for a seventh consecutive week as global demand hit a record high. Brent crude, the international benchmark, traded near a seven-month high of $86.81 a barrel. Chinese stocks fell sharply on Friday. The Shanghai Composite slumped 65 points or 2% to end at 3,189. For the week, it tumbled 3%. In Hong Kong, the Hang Seng slipped 173 points or 0.9% to finish at 19,075 on Friday. It dropped 2.4% for the week and the technology sector led losses with the tech index 2.4% lower Friday and plunging 5% over the week. Country Garden, which was formerly China's largest developer by sales, saw its stock fall below one Hong Kong dollar for the first time since it was listed in Hong Kong in 2007. Country Garden shares plunged 5.8% Friday to close at a record low of 98 Hong Kong cents. And since July the 28th, the shares have plummeted 42%. The private home builder warned in an exchange filing late on Thursday of a net loss of 6.2 billion US dollars to 7.6 billion US dollars in the first half. On Saturday night, Country Garden said it will suspend trading in nearly a dozen onshore bonds starting today. And Yang Huyan, who is Country Garden's chairwoman, said in a statement on Friday night, we're facing the biggest challenges since our establishment. Although the company has made every effort to rescue itself, the overall operational pressure on the company has only increased. And that looks set to pressurise the Hang Seng at the open this morning. Futures markets are pointing to a loss of 240 points, or 1.3%. And you can get more details on the latest market movements in my daily newsletter at peterlewismoneytalk.substack.com. Every Monday to Friday, this is Peter Lewis's Money Talk. Peter Lewis's Money Talk. At the start of a new week, it's time to welcome our guests. Our regular Monday morning commentator is Alex Wong, Director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management. Morning to you, Alex. Good morning, Peter. And joining us this morning is Lashar, Asia Chief Economist from BBVA. Morning, Shark. Morning, Peter. Well, we've had more economic data out uh, from China on Friday to go with the, uh, the inflation data and the trade data we had earlier in the week. New lending by Chinese banks fell sharply in July to levels not seen since November 2009. Chinese banks extended 345.9 billion yuan in new yuan loans in July. That's about 48 billion US dollars. But it was well below analyst forecasts of 800 billion yuan. And it was also a sharp drop from 679 billion yuan a year earlier and 3.05 trillion yuan in June, um, which was also followed a record 15.73 trillion yuan of loans in the first half of the year. Household loans, mostly mortgages, were down by 200 billion yuan during the month compared with 963 billion yuan in the previous uh, in June. And property owners of rushed to pay off their mortgages early instead of spending on shopping or other consumption. 
Meanwhile, outstanding new on loans rose 11.1% in July. That's the slowest so far this year. And broad M2 money supply growth fell to 10.7% from 11.3% in June and below forecasts of 11%. Alex and Shark, what uh, are you taking away from this? Following also, obviously, that deflation data and trade data we had last week, which was pretty grim, wasn't it? Yes, I think overall we can see that uh, Chinese economy now met some troubles. And if you look at this uh, credit data growth, it's not as uh, high as expected. I have to say there's uh, some seasonality problem because uh, July is the starting month of the second half, half of the year. So sometimes the banks that they owe uh, lend out a lot of things uh, uh, in June because they want to meet this uh, half-year target and then at the beginning of the second year and then uh, the, the uh, this kind of uh, credit can slow down. It's normal. But this time, if you look at the pace of this uh, uh, credit slowdown, it's uh, much higher than we expected. So that means uh, the demand for credit is very weak. You already mentioned mm-hmm. these uh, mortgagers, they don't want to uh, buy a house, but they rather they pay off their existing mortgage. Uh, at the same time, even the firms, uh, they have no appetite for further borrowing because uh, they worry about the future. They think they don't have enough confidence for the economic outlook. As we see this uh, uh, import, export data very weak, the inflation data very weak. I think that all this what they are affecting people and the firm's behaviors because now they already have very vulnerable confidence. So if this kind of things are continued, I'm afraid this growth will slow down further. Mm. So I think it's very important for authority to do something. And what? What should they do? I think they already announced the plan. Okay, they said we are going to boost the people's confidence. We are going to boost the consumption. We are going to boost this public spending. We are going to boost the infrastructure construction. We are going to boost the property market. But what they have been materialized? I mean, on the side of the policy initiatives, we haven't seen a lot. Mm. Uh, maybe now the authority they are in their summer holidays, in Beidaihe or anywhere, they are discussing about this detail, but I think uh, they need to move fast. Mm. I mean, Alex, when we've talked the last couple of weeks about the Chinese economy, you haven't been that very optimistic. In fact, you've probably been quite pessimistic, haven't you, about the Chinese economy. What does this do? Does this make you even more pessimistic, this lack of demand in the economy for credit from businesses and private individuals? I think uh, I have been pessimistic toward the old economy parks but a little bit optimistic towards the new economy part. So um, it's still the same. I think, uh, uh, first of all, the, the, the long growth probably would remain weak because uh, this is very difficult uh, to do a lot of leverage in the, if you want to transform the economy. Mm. Because if you want to land properly, you need collaterals. But for the new economy part, actually, they do not they cannot offer too much uh, collaterals for you to, 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 to do so. And I think uh, the manufacturing business and also the property sector in China would, would not recover. So uh, it is very likely uh, to see weak demands from those uh, asset-heavy sectors. Uh, so um, this probably would be a little bit um, transformational, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so we are not going back to the leveraging uh, uh, kind of uh, doing business. So probably uh, we need to boost confidence towards investors because uh, if you want to expand the uh, new economy part, probably you need something like uh, venture capital. 
Mm. Uh, so you need confidence uh, from investors rather than uh, you need uh, collaterals and or or you need some old old kind of methods to do leverage. I think uh, this is uh, somewhat the authorities need to need to address because uh, in the meantime, I think uh, we probably may not see recovery in the manufacturing or the public sector soon. Mm. I mean, if you want to improve that sentiment, it's not an easy thing to do, is it, really? But I'm wondering, you know, I mean, one of the problems on the mainland is so many regulations and, and you know, things that are in the way um, of, of actually sort of doing business. Do, if, if they were to maybe signal easing some of those regulations, would that help improve sentiment? Yeah, that I think it would help. Actually, uh, last week we have two crazy IPOs in, in China, Asia market already. So we are seeing... Uh, the price from five dollar to sort up to two hundred in in two three days. So that kind of speculations actually, I think, is uh, some silver lining, because uh, that is allowed, and I think uh, it shows uh, that uh, uh, some some speculative activities in the in the in the uh, in the stock market already. So I think uh, generally it is difficult, uh, but uh, probably they need to to do some as examples first. So probably they they should uh they should probably address uh, Alibaba and Tencent and probably let them do their business. Mm. I mean um Shark, I mean, one of the problems the PBOC has at the moment is the weak you are on, isn't it? Because if it takes too aggressive an action to cut interest rates or to cut the triple R, it's only gonna send the, the currency even lower. Yeah, that's true. I think um, now this are kind of uh, currency consideration is one of the constraints for uh, PBOC because uh, in China, if you look at the, the currency, they always uh, move with these uh, uh, economic fundamentals mm. and they also have a very significant impact on their stock market. Okay, one usually one uh, Chinese yuan become weaker, and you will see the st- stock market will be down as well. So that's why the PBOC they are very cautious to move their interest rate so that uh, they don't want to their currency have a big depreciation and then they will have this uh, chain effect you will have troubles in the domestic uh, equity market so that's why they're very careful uh, but now i think uh, they start to move uh, now I, I heard news that they encourage uh, these banks to extend the more favorable rates to these uh, mortgagers and they also discussing maybe banks uh, can lower their charge on this existing mortgage before mm. this one is fixed, but now they want to lower that part. Uh, yeah, I think that they will do that one. But at the same time, I think in China, if you look at these authorities, the monetary authority and the fiscal authority, in fact, they all report to the same boss. Okay, so uh, on the positive side, they can arrange this one. They can ensure their policy will in, co- uh, in coordination with each other. But sometimes uh, they also have the problem, maybe the monetary policy ma- uh, makers, they want the fiscal monetary uh, fiscal policy maker to do more. And they have this uh, kind of uh, uh, internal things. Mm. But anyway, I think now it's time for them to coordinate and make very swift uh, actions. Alex, how, how, how low can the yuan go, do you think? I mean, can they afford to let it slide much more? And what's the impact also going to be on stocks of a, of a weak yuan? I think uh, the yuan actually would go further lower, probably towards uh, 7.5 and eventually 8, I think. Mm. But uh, the pace of the depreciation actually would be slow, I think, because uh, uh, they know that uh, the yuan is that the yuan rate is important for business decisions. and 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 But if they fall 
slowly, then people would adjust their expectations, and and probably would be more、uh, safeguard against this depreciation. So I think、uh, the rate of depreciation would be very slow, but we will see a weaker one eventually because the weight differential actually is negative for one.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, this. Negative factor, I think, will persist. So,、um, but I don't think a lot of people would do the carry trade. So,、uh, very likely, we would see a weaker one. But the depreciation rates, I think, would be much lower than expected. So, probably by the end of two thousand two four, we would see a much weaker one. But the depreciation actually would not be that sharp. We are not expecting seven point five next week or,、mm. or something like eight dollar、uh, this year. And so, very likely, we would see a gradual process. So people can adjust their expectations and adjust their 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 their, 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 their financial positions to to cater for that kind of depreciation. But if investors ultimately take the view that, albeit slowly, the yuan is going to slide to eight, what does that mean for stocks? It doesn't seem that attractive for for Chinese stocks. I think、uh, that would be bad for those、uh, companies which are doing domestic business and have a huge cash flow from from、uh, locally, like、uh, the more technical、uh, sectors. I think that、uh, people、mm. are a little bit crowded in that sector. Right now, because they are defensive, but、uh, the a weaker one actually、uh, would be negative for that sector.、Mm-hmm. So I think、uh, if you want to buy China, they just buy those、uh, larger mega techs because、uh, they probably have some room to improve. But for those um, defensive um, sectors, which are generating a huge cash flows from 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 locally, I think、uh, they probably would be affected by this weak one. Which is a lot of Hang Seng companies, isn't it?、So、quite a few of them are, are, are generating their their profits on the mainland. So presumably, that's not good news for Hong Kong stocks. Yeah, not good news for Hong Kong stocks. I think、uh, in Hong Kong right now, people are just confident towards a few sectors,、uh, probably HSBC, the oil sectors, and the telecom sectors right now. So there are only the, those one left in in the Hang Seng Index, which are having some support. I think、uh, we have we, we probably would expect、uh, the Hang Seng to range. Uh, for a while, but、uh, the bias is still on the downside because right now even the local property sectors is、uh, getting a hit. So I think uh, uh, we probably may see a weak Hang Seng index. But、uh, the 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 if if we see a see a see a rebound, I think that it would be led by the mega tech. Um, Shark, what, what do you think about the Hong Kong economy? We've seen the revision down now、um, in the growth forecast by the、uh, the Hong Kong government from、uh, to four to five percent. We saw the、uh, the second quarter、uh, GDP confirmed at what is it one point nine percent. Um, Paul Chan was saying that、um, a lot of the economy is still going to depend upon tourism、um, and domestic consumption,、uh, but we need to change our our, our tourism、um, offering to attract more people to come to Hong Kong. We were talking earlier about before the show about how many Hong Kong people are going to Shenzhen for the weekend these days. What's your thoughts? Yes,、uh, exactly. If you look at uh, uh, the, the, the the some sectors in Hong Kong, I think they are still under. Uh, great pressures. Initially, we expect this、uh, reopening of the Chinese economy will have more Chinese tourists、uh, coming to Hong Kong. But uh, uh, in the end, we find more Hong Kong people they go to Shenzhen, okay, to to consume there.、Uh, so that's why our tourism、uh, sector doesn't perform very good. And uh, if uh, uh, Alex is right, this、uh, yuan will go to eight、mm-hmm. one day. I- I'm afraid that、um, more people will、we'll、go, go to, to Shenzhen, Shenzhen, right? Yes. Yeah. So,、uh, but that's、uh, only one part of the story. But if you look at bigger part, if you look at this、uh, IPO performance、uh, in Tong, I think in Hong Kong we didn't have a lot of the IPO、mm-hmm. early this year.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the same things also happened to 
re-export sectors because in the past we re-export a lot of things uh, uh, to uh, to other countries from China to other countries mm-hmm. but nowadays uh, you can see uh, from the second quarter this uh, export sector in China they slow down mm-hmm. it also affect the re-export sectors here in Hong Kong so all this story pieced together we find this the second quarter GDP doesn't perform very good where's our growth going to come from I mean I noticed I was out of the weekend and on Saturday night one of the restaurants that I sort of regularly go to it was virtually empty for for a Saturday night which used to be sort of unheard of really sort of pre-pandemic times but it, it seems that you know the, the 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 local consumer just isn't consuming at the moment yeah, yes, that's true. I think this um, still the Hong Kong is a consumption-based economy. If you look at uh, the percentage of the consumption to total GDP in Hong Kong, is very, very high, much higher mm. than in China. Uh, so I think in future, if you want to stimulate the economy, uh, of course, you need to improve your tourist sectors, you need to uh, attract more tourists, not only from China, but also from other places. Okay? Mm. Hong Kong should become more open, more welcome to, to the tourists outside. Uh, at the same time, uh, I think that on the uh, financial sectors, okay, you need to attract more IPOs, but I know it's uh, very hard for the moment, but definitely you need to find a new growth point. And now I noticed that uh, Hong Kong Monetary Authority, they w- want to develop this uh, uh, virtual asset. Mm. So Alex, how do we get more IPOs coming to the city? Because it's a difficult thing, isn't it? I mean, do we need to make it easier for, for companies to list here? What What's the solution? Oh, I think it's very difficult. Right now, we are having a lossy time to, to get privatized. Mm. So another another foreign company is going out. So I think uh, right now it's in a vicious cycle because our turnover is extremely slow. And then uh, the sentiment is quite bad. So and so, I think people probably would choose uh, U.S. Or, or even U.K. over us. So uh, I think it's quite difficult. I think that you have to probably source more companies from Southeast Asia first, probably, because uh, right now we are too reliant on China. Uh, probably, we we could be still attractive uh, towards Southeast Asian companies. So I think uh, that probably in source. So um, this is very difficult right now because the turnover is so slow and and and. And the sentiment is so bad, I think uh, we probably uh, may not have too much to do. There's been talk many times over the years about Hong Kong being a hub for non-Chinese companies, for you know, for companies, international companies that do business in the region to come and list in Hong Kong. But it's just never really happened, has it? Yeah, because the positioning of Hong Kong stock market is uh, is uh, is a very very. Um Difficult to 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 define. I think right now uh, we are not being a new economy stock market, or we are, are not being in the national stock market or, or resources stock market. I think uh, we are dif- we are having a very clear uh, positioning of the stock market right now in mm. Hong Kong. Mm. So where does our economic growth come from over the coming sort of the rest of the year? I think it's very difficult to grow uh, right now. I uh, we are having a very bad financial market, very low turnover, and very, and, and also a very bad pop- property market right now. So um, local pop- local consumers actually are in very bad mood. And then uh, we are not easy to attract too, uh, a lot of tourists because the, the price level here is not low. So I think uh, it's quite difficult to do. Shark, do you worry about the mainland slipping into deflation and what that could mean, both for the mainland and also for here in Hong Kong as well? 
Yeah, I think if you look at the uh, inflation, it's true that uh, now they have negative growth uh, on CPI. Uh, but I don't worry too much about this uh, deflation problem because uh, now the Chinese problem is a lack of confidence, like mm-hmm. uh, another, there's a growth problem. I think that we don't need to worry too much about these uh, price level things. We need to focus on the growth side. You must uh, find the ways uh, to stimulate the growth because uh, uh, if you look at the Chinese uh, potential growth rate, I like to say if there's uh, nothing uh, happened, I think that China can manage to grow by six to even seven percent. Mm. I mean, because if you... now it is in the recovery period. That's why we tend to have a higher estimate for that one. But now I think the growth may be only four percent. I mean, in the second half of the year, only mm. around four percent or four point five percent. That means that there's still huge gap between the potential level and the real level. So that means uh, you need to do something. I always uh, favor to do more and to do swiftly. Mm. I mean, I'm wondering, though, if people are getting worried about uh, deflation just as actually maybe deflation has sort of reached a bottom because a lot of that deflation came from food prices, didn't it? Which is a sort of more of a temporary effect. And if you look month on month, inflation is actually increasing. Yeah, exactly. And also, if you look at some sectors like a tourism sector, accommodation sectors, their price increase quite a lot. In summer, people travel quite a lot in, in China mm. because uh, uh, this shows some people describe this situation as a two speed recovery. On one hand, you can see this uh, service sector is booming in China. But at the same time, if you look at the property market problem, if you look at uh, the manufacturing sector, I think uh, their growth are quite, uh, uh, quite staggering. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Country Garden, Alex. I mean, this mm. is the big news, really, of the weekend, isn't it? Um, it was formerly China's largest developer by sales. I think it's about number five or six now, but its stock has fallen below one Hong Kong dollar for the first time ever. So it's basically become a penny stock. It was trading um, at 98 cents um, on Friday. Also, um, it's now being reported that Country Garden are going to suspend trading in 10 of its domestic bonds um, in Shanghai and Shenzhen, um, starting to Today, Country Garden's chairwoman said we're facing the biggest challenges since our establishment. Although the company has made every effort to rescue itself, the overall operational pressure on the company has only increased. It's reporting um, a first half net loss of between 6.2 billion US dollars and 7.6 billion US dollars. I mean, Alex, this is staggering amounts, isn't it? I mean, is it on the verge of default, do you think? I think uh, probably, yes. Uh or at least uh, they would need to restructure the loans. So probably they need to stretch the uh, repayment period uh, and also do some haircuts eventually. So I think that this is, uh, but the news actually is not unexpected. So people know that country Harden is in trouble, but I think the the confidence actually is hurt uh, quite a lot because country Harden has been one of the better ones mm-hmm. among those uh, private enterprises in China in the property sector. So, um, uh, the failure of country garden actually is a uh, is a further uh, further further example that uh, we probably may not see recovery in the perfect in the property sector. So very likely, I think uh, we would continue to see uh, the old economy park in in the China to go down. I mean, the government has indicated it's not prepared to step in and bail out these developers. It's let Evergrande default. Will it, can it afford to do the same with Country Garden and just let it default? I think it will let it default because I think uh, the advantage of uh, saving it will not be too much because the hole is uh, too huge. 
mm-hmm. probably you have to t- put too many money, too too much money to to save it, and then you do not have too much advantages, too many advantages to 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 get. So I think uh, they will let it default, and and probably we would see the public sector to go down further because uh, people expect. Um, those kind of developers would be in trouble, and they probably would be worried about their delivery of uh, threats. So I think uh, this is a vicious cycle. I mean, Alex, what, um, so, um, Shark, what does it mean for um, for local people? I, I would have thought it puts them off when buying property from these private developers. If anything, it would drive them towards the state-owned developers rather than dealing with the, the private ones and running the risk of not getting their property de- uh, delivered. I think you are right. I think that for these uh, local people, now they have become increasingly reluctant to buy houses. And um, maybe the government, they believe that uh, if this uh, private developer have problem, maybe this uh, kind of persistent power will go to the uh, state-owned developer. But the thing is, if you look at uh, the figure, uh, I'm afraid it didn't happen. The problem is uh, when people uh, become worried about the developers, uh, they be worried about all of them. Mm, so yeah. Because it's like a domino. You don't distinguish, yeah. do you? They, you exactly, see them all one by bad. one from the Everground and now to this uh, country garden. And then to... Uh, I, I think the, the authorities, they should do something. I Although so far they haven't done anything to, to save uh, this... Uh, Country Garden, but Country Garden is, uh, as Eric said, is uh, different from uh, Everground. It's a uh, good developers, and they, the m- main portfolio of the company, they are in these uh, property sectors. But it's in the third and fourth tier cities, isn't it, which have yeah. been hit hard by the uh, the downturn. Exactly, exactly. So that means uh, authorities, if you can, uh, they can offer some guarantee, offer some. Uh, they can. They don't need to offer a lot of the money. They just so. They but, but just guarantee so, what? Yeah. Guarantee guarantee for for their debt, for their bond payment, something mm-hmm. like that. They prolong these kind of things, even in the process of their restructuring of their debt. I think the the government they can step in to help them to stabilize people's uh, mm. uh, expectation. I think it's a very important uh, for them to do something. Otherwise, uh, I'm afraid that the sentiment of this property market will become much worse than before. This could prolong the crisis in the property sector. But um, Country Garden has about $200 billion worth of um, debt. And in many ways, it could be even worse than Evergrande because it has about four times as many projects um, as as Evergrande. In effect, it can't possibly repay $200 billion in the current climate. And it's got coupon payments every single month of this year. Um, It's technically, it's insolvent, isn't it? Uh, I, I think that if you think about this layman, okay, layman case, if you prolong the process of the liquidation, we find that layman didn't, uh, they didn't default at that time. Mm. Uh, they default, but they didn't uh, in insolvency uh, status during that time because uh, when they recover all the assets of the layman brothers, uh, in fact, they make some money. I think the the case uh, for uh, country garden should be quite similar. The government, they can prolong the process because now the market climate, we know that it's not, it's not right. It's not a proper one. But if you given the time, given time to these developers, in the long run, maybe they can come back. But for the short term, they shouldn't allow this liquidity prob- problem 
into this uh, solvency problem. So is this China's Lehman's moments now where it's got to really step in and make a decision? To some degree, it's not financial uh, enterprises, but at the same time, if you look at its impact on Chinese economy, impact on China's financial uh, system, I'm afraid this one is uh, comparable to, to Lehman. What do you think, Alex? Comparable? I think it's comparable. Uh, I'm actually quite a bit surprising that uh, the market exits is so calm right now. Uh, we are not having a, uh, a big stock crash. I think the government actually did a quick job in uh, slowing the decline. But I think the eventual direction actually is still down for the old economy part of China. I think uh, what they can do is just uh, to help those private enterprises to boost investors' confidence. So the property market actually is dead. I think uh, uh, that is a structural problem that can cannot be solved. So um, nothing that much they can do, I think. Uh, and the, and I think uh, the, the 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 advice for me is, is avoid all property related investments in China. Mm. And so presumably, what's the impact going to be? Do you think on the markets? Because futures are looking very weak this morning following this news of country garden. Do you think maybe finally investors are going to sit up and take notice? I think. Uh, Probably the decline is, is, is would still be a little bit slow uh, because uh, we are not seeing that Lehman kind of a collapse in China right now. Mm-hmm. We are seeing a very gradual decline and very hopeless uh, kind of a, uh, um, a trend right now. So um, I don't think uh, people would uh, would be um, very bearish to sell everything at once. So I think uh, this process actually will take some time because people are still hoping for some sort of uh, policy support uh, from somewhere. Uh, and that is uh, slowing the decline. So I think uh, this probably would still be the case. So uh, we probably may see the market to trend lower, but the pace of the decline may not be as fast as uh, we have seen uh, a decade ago. And could it still remain like that if um, country gone defaults? Yeah, credit market actually is very bad. Uh, we have already seen uh, this Lehman kind of crash of uh, in the credit market last year. And this year, this country quantum actress is just uh, uh, another case uh, which is not uh, uh, hurting too much because we probably have already expected that kind of case to repeat again. So um, the credit market will remain bad in China. Those are high-yield companies. I think even even those um, local carbon bonds would be, would be bad. And, and, and China is not like U.S. People have not too much confidence uh, towards the government um, uh, uh, credibility. To, to be paid, I think. So that's why uh, the whole credit situation will still be quite bad. Um, Shark, final word to you. It does feel like, based upon what we've been talking about this morning and what we've been seeing, we're sort of getting to a crucial point now for China's economy. It slipped into deflation. The trade data uh, was all for the loan data was bad. And now on top of that, we've got a worsening property market and a potential default from China's largest property developer. It seems, you know, that things are coming together and not in a good way. Uh, I think you are right. Now the situation is very intense. I, uh, so that's why I'm calling the uh, authorities to move very fast. I think that they still have this time window to do something to mm-hmm. reverse the people's uh, uh, sentiment. Uh, this, they can do a lot of things. Uh, the jury is still out. Uh, I can now say that the Chinese economy will doomed to be to, to, to become very bad. But the problem is uh, if they don't do the right thing at the right time, I'm afraid that we need more time to, to recover what we have now.
Yeah. Okay, well, thank you both very much. Good to hear your thoughts this morning. That's Lashar, who is Asia Chief Economist from BBVA. Alex Wong, who is Director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management. <laughs> I'm joined now by Shanghai-based independent economist Andy Sher. Morning, Andy. Good morning, Peter. Um, I'm getting the feeling that we're entering a, a sort of a crucial period for, for China's economy. We've seen a lot of data over the last few days, haven't we? Most of which was not good. The Chinese economy slipping into deflation. The trade data was bad. And then we had new bank lending falling to the lowest level since 2009. And now a worsening property sector um, as well. What, what's your assessment? Is, is the sort of Chinese economy sort of entering a crisis period? Well, I think that uh, you know China experienced the property bubble for a long time, and uh, and the bubble peaked uh, uh, a, a couple of years ago, and uh, and property developers uh, got into trouble and uh, not able to pay back their debts. So that's been hanging around for a long time, and then we have this uh, global uh, trade recession. Uh, these two things are are, are coming together. Mm-hmm. Now on the property side. Uh, now these guys uh, have not been able to repay their debts, and uh, and are being dragged on, and uh, more and more companies are are, are coming down their path. So uh, so it, uh, it has an, uh, obviously uh, it has a big impact on the credit market, and uh, as well as the the the, uh, the property sector as a, as a whole. So I think the the issue is this: is that uh, that uh, you 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 piled up mistakes before. Now uh, you have to pay. You have to pay for it through through adjustment. Uh, basically, uh, the uh, the uh, the property developer should not be able to 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 borrow more money, and that, that and that has an effect on the on the credit market. Mm. So these uh, these are things that uh, the 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 market needs to adjust. And it would be a mistake for the government to stimulate, to, to, to bail out these guys. And then you create a bigger problem. So uh, you have to look at the, what's going on uh, uh, now from that angle. Then you say, hey, it's, it's, it's probably it's a good thing that uh, the, the economy is experiencing uh, bad news because that, uh, the mistakes have been corrected. But is it, is it getting worse in the property sector? Because if you look at Country Garden, which was China's biggest property developer, it's got about $200 billion of, um, of loans, which clearly it can't afford to repay unless it finds a way to refinance itself. And the refinancing it tried a week ago got suddenly cancelled. Um, it's going to be on the verge of collapse, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit, but the issue of refinancing is, is uh, uh, refinancing. Uh, it's kind of a, a financial guys like to talk about a refinancing, but the issue is that the underlying fundamental is not there. Mm. Refinancing is just a Ponzi scheme, and that's been a, it's been a Ponzi scheme. Uh, the property sector has been a Ponzi scheme for a long time. Mm. So, so you're uh, so, the, so yeah. you're saying that the best thing to do is for the government to let these companies go under, not try and bail them out, just let them go under. Yeah, yeah, just let the, let the market adjust. The Chinese property sector is uh, is too big, and the price is too high. You know, so uh, the, the sector needs to shrink. The sector needs to shrink at least by fifty percent, at least by fifty percent in terms of volume. By fifty percent in terms of volume, yeah. And in in terms of price, like in in big tier one cities, still trading at uh, like five or six months uh, of salary per square meter, uh, it's not sustainable. 
Mm. So, uh, so the price has to come down. You you cannot say that uh, that uh, that uh, when things are wrong, you uh, when they come down, uh, uh, the economy is not good. You can't say, hey, because of the economy is not good, we have to stimulate and uh, we have to make these things to go back up. So uh, you're just making a bigger problem. But if the property sector contracts by 50%, that's first of all going to have an enormous impact on confidence, isn't it, in the property sector overall. People are just not going to want to buy, certainly not from private developers under any circumstances, but presumably it would have enormous spillover effects on the overall economy as well. Yeah, well, the the, the first is that uh, confidence uh, confidence in what? Confidence in a property bubble. Uh, uh, keep it going. Keeping it going is that a good thing? Uh, I think that uh, China had this conversation many, many times before, and made the bubble bigger and bigger. Mm. But it, so but... now the government, the government is not going to do anything. But then, because but, there's no political, political imperative to do it. The government is 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 is, uh, is just uh, uh, the same guy in charge, and there's no opposition. So do so, you uh, think so now, now? Now it's time to do it. So do you think the government then they will sit on their hands? They're not going to do anything um, at all about this and just see what happens to these property developers. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the issue is uh, is the the uh, the twentieth party congress really uh, was was over, and the political transition has uh, has uh, has already occurred. It has already occurred. Mm. Yeah. So what, what is your thoughts then about what this means for the economy overall? Let's suppose this happens. Let's suppose Country Garden defaults um, and, and the government doesn't step in. What is the impact going to be on the Chinese economy of that? I, I think that uh, the, uh, the economy impact I wrote about it is that uh, uh, the, 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 there is an impact, a traditional impact through like uh, the construction materials and so forth. But that is not as big as people uh, think. The property sales uh, were between 15 to 20 percent of GDP for a period of time. But uh, half of that is just a land sales uh, mm. cost. It's a, it's a transfer payment uh, from, from, the, uh, from the developer to the local government. And, and then lo- uh, that, that money is from debt. So you basically, uh, a lo- a property developers borrow money to pay the government. So that that is a big in, uh, in half, and uh, and a lot of uh, small city governments don't have the money to go on, so they cannot uh, cannot pay for their, uh, if they say civil servants or employees or and so forth, and that is the adjustment they have to make because it means that their governments are too big. So some of these local government financing vehicles, are they going to have to be bowed out by the central government? Because if, um, you know, if we allow the property sector, if the government allows the property sector to contract by 50%, it's going to put enormous pressure on them and also on the banks as well. Yeah, I mean, the issue is that uh, the, uh, obviously there's um, debt to, to be paid, uh, but then there, there, there also there's uh, on revenue, uh, there, there's uh, uh, kind of expenditure to be cut. So mm. that, that's the adjustment that needs to happen. So in the short term, there is a bad impact on the economy, and they have to cancel their project, investment projects, mm. and they have to lay off people. But but over time, it's good because these governments are not viable. They depend on a bubble to keep it going.
Mm. So you're in favour of just letting that bubble um, burst, and then presumably um, that's going to. Uh... It, it is bursting already, and, and and if you want to pay it back, you you uh, you want to pay it back. You, we're talking about tens of trillions of RMB, mm. and it's it's uh, this government cannot afford it because they're uh, politically uh, there is no need to 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 afford it to do do that. So are we if reaching bad news? Bad news. So what? Are we reaching a sort of Minsky moments now where this is all coming together um, and, and, you know, it's got to be dealt with now? Uh, it's, 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 it's not a Minsky moment because in China, the market doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. There's no snowballing. Uh, the, uh, if the developer cannot pay back, it doesn't pay. Mm-hmm. Which is what we're seeing. So, so uh, the credit, yeah, creditors don't have any rights. Right. They cannot just uh, just uh, take over the company and liquidate it. You cannot do that. Mm. So there is no snowballing in China. Mm. Although they could take their overseas assets, presumably the assets they have in Hong Kong and elsewhere. Uh, not not a lot. Not mm. a lot. So what does this mean then for demand in the economy? Because we've already seen, haven't we, China slipping into deflation. We saw that uh, new loan uh, data on Friday, which showed uh, Chinese bank lending falling to the lowest level since November 2009, suggesting that really there's just completely insufficient demand in the economy. This will make that demand problem even worse, won't it? Well, in the short term, you say that uh, it's bad for the economic growth. But so what, right? People are people are paying off their debts early. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Mm-hmm. You know, so economists oftentimes have uh, this contradiction that that, uh, that what sounds good in common sense uh, is bad for the economy. Mm-hmm. But but it's only bad in the short term. Uh, it's it's not like when you you let the economy. Uh, uh, go go down. Uh, it it it's it keep going down. It's not like that. Mm. The market works, and uh, you know once the excesses are being uh, squeezed out, the economy will stabilize. And also deflation is like a, uh, the economists uh, often say, oh, deflation bad news. Keep money cranking. It, it's it's the wrong way to look at that. Mm. And China had high prices for a long time, like like from automobile, like everything made in China is uh, should be cheap, cheap. Uh, but why automobiles were more expensive in China than in developed markets? So uh, and why why bread in China is more expensive than anywhere else? So you're saying. So what, yeah. you, what you're saying is very different from what most other economists are saying on the mainland. They're calling for stimulus. They're calling for the government to intervene, to stop uh, the economy slipping further into deflation. What you're really saying is that there'll be some short-term pain, but the economy will eventually readjust um, and, and sort itself out. And therefore, you know, the government yeah, should yeah. refrain from doing those types of things. Yeah, you, you look at the people who are saying, you know, let's crank, crank up the money supply and just give them more money to property developers so they can refinance and then they keep on buying land but as a basic business is uh, is a bubble is a loss making uh, but it doesn't matter you you, you keep it rolling right it's snowballing uh, and, and this is basically creating a bigger and a bigger problem for yourself okay that's why we are where we are now Okay, well, very interesting thoughts, Andy. It's always very good to to hear your thoughts on these matters. That's Andy Sher, who is a Shanghai-based independence economist. You're listening to Peter Lewis's Money Talk. Money Talk. 
Thank you for listening to Money Talk this morning. You can find more details about some of the topics I've been talking about today, along with information on other headlines and market moves in my daily newsletter. Take a look at Peter Lewis, moneytalk.substack.com. I'll be back with another show tomorrow. Joining me then will be Asian fund management industry consultant Stuart Aldcroft, Will Denyer, US economist at Gavacal, and Tony Nash, founder of Complete Intelligence. Bye for now. Money Talk.